what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, the economy is great, right? But what are good businesses to start in a bad economy? We've got a few ideas to share, and podcast hosting is not on the list. Our main topic today is protecting yourself from the bad computer guys, spyware, malware, washingware. We've got to be careful out there if you're a business or you're starting a business. So we're calling on Catawba Valley Community College's finest, Sean Fountain, to give us some tips to lock down your computers and protect your data. Finally, we'll wind up with our Small Business of the Month feature, where we'll highlight some interesting businesses that you need to be checking out. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm co-host and director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean of the School of Business, Industry, and Technology at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. It's football season. It's pretty much Panther football time, season. Deacon time, and Tar Heel time. Oh, and Wolfpack for our guests. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's good. And as I introduce you, Gary, I realized that I don't even have your title correct anymore because you have a big promotion to dean of even more stuff. That's, well, that is the title. Is that the new title? Or Workforce Development and the Arts. And the Arts. So now you're also involved in the Arts. You know I'm an artsy kind of guy. I, as far as our <laughs> listeners know, yes, you're an artsy kind of guy. <laughs> we run into each other in the museum every weekend, and, and uh, well, it's great. Well, art is where you take it. Art is where you take it? Is that your new motto? No. Okay. But it has many similarities to the other parts of the well, School well, of Workforce Development and the arts because they're all entrepreneurs. Every artist is an entrepreneur or a small business of some type. Some are starving entrepreneurs. Some are, and okay. some are in the regular school, too. Well, speaking of starving, you know, we, we, we've enjoyed a very solid economy over the last several months, but recently there have been a few warning signs out there that maybe the economy could be headed for a downturn, and that yeah, you know, the, the, sooner or later, the, the, these are business cycles. There will be a downturn sooner or later, and we hope it's later, but you never know. So I was doing some reading in an article I found by a woman named Rosemary Peevler, who was writing about the best businesses to start in a recession. Just in case you're out there thinking about starting a business, you want to think ahead, planning sort of things. So, so Gary... Uh, you got any thoughts on what might be good businesses to start during a recession? Accounting. Actually, accounting was at the top of her list, actually. Well, it is because you need somebody to keep up with whether you're winning or losing and or your taxes. And so it is a recession-proof business, which so, is why I got into it 100 years ago. You're, you're a reformed accountant. I am. And, and, and I've got a daughter who is training to be yes. an accountant. So. And my prayers are with her, the CPA exam is. Heck, when you describe it to me, as I told you today, 
I get a sick feeling inside trying to take the CPA well, exam. Well, but she's going to be successful. That's in your past. Yeah, that's exactly right. So any other so, – so along those lines, you know, another good business, debt collection services. That makes sense. makes a ton of sense. Yeah. It's very important in any economy, but it's even more important in uh, recession. You ever uh, have to break any kneecaps in your business career? I have. Oh, have you? Well, again, as being the financial officer of a couple of different businesses, that was a key piece not just keeping up with what the numbers are, but collecting the money is a critical thing. Now, I would send other people out to break the kneecaps. I mean, you're not, I that, would just said, you're not that intimidating. I don't see you breaking a lot of kneecaps. No, no but I it's, all, my it's, own, but it's always give me the money or give me the car. There you go. That's and, exactly right. You know, all right. That happens a lot. All right. Well, I guess Sean Fountain is weighing in a little bit on that. <laughs> well, I, I used to be the guy that used to break the kneecaps. That's there why you I, go. I, there no, you I was. Go. I did not. I was in a, a small uh, private loan business similar to TransSouth, mm-hmm. but uh, I was the collection guy. And it, it did not suit my personality. So that's tough, why I went back to technology. Really I've had is. frying pans with hot grease thrown at me. I've had people chase me with baseball. Bats as I'm taking their car. That was yeah, just last week. Well, that's that, that's that's a whole other story with a whole other different venue of people. But I did not really enjoy the the whole being lied to every Saturday when they didn't come in Friday with their payment. Well, so, so I mean, it's yeah. Where we, you, you have to weigh whether it is this that sort of business would be a fit for you. But, but there would be a peak in uh, business yes. for that type of. Uh, service so some other uh, some other thoughts uh, resume writing services that yes. makes sense something that you can do from your home uh, sale of bulk food items I don't think we should be starting another Sam's club or something like that but uh, you know people might be more interested in getting pricing concept yeah, pricing there. Uh, home staging I guess sometimes people have to sell their homes yeah that's just getting mm. a little bit a little bit gloomy yeah a little depressing it's been a tough day already. Well, let's let's hope that um, let's hope that there isn't a recession. But anyway, yes. there there are there are certain uh, occupations, certain business starts that if you're thinking about starting a business, you know, give some thought about uh, some of these ideas. Yeah, I this was not included in the article, but I always hear that pet related pet related businesses are fairly recession proof as well. People, good times, bad times, still spend a lot of money on their pets. Well, that's true. They're part of the family. Yeah. Well. Anyway, so just some food for thought out there. We like to keep our listeners thinking. But the main thing that we wanted to talk about today is is uh, keeping your computers, keeping your data safe. And we have enlisted the help of the Director of Information Technology at uh, Catawba Valley Community College, Sean Fountain. Sean, how's it going today? It's great. Glad you had me. Well, we really appreciate you joining us today. So It's always good to have a good friend with us. Sean, I, I was looking at your, your uh, profile in LinkedIn. That's, that's, you know, I, I do yeah. lots of preparation before we sit down and do these it's, podcasts. It's, it's very uh, skeletal. There's not much on there. I know. You're like sort of a mystery man. Like, like a you came, man. You came from Russia in a certain year. I've been watching the Americans. <laughs> you know, I've been going back. No, not really. But anyway, you're, you, have your, you have a doctorate. Yes, sir. And, and your doctorate is in? Educational um, leadership. Well, that's got to be some work. Congratulations well, on that. You. Yeah, Fantastic. I, I, when, I, when I got Sean's voice message the other day and it said, Dr. Sean Fountain, I, was, I did not realize that you had a doctorate. And I realized it sounded a little pretentious, so I went and changed it back to just, I thought, just I, me. I, I thought that might have I, you know, I think a little pretentious is, is okay on, on the college yeah, campus. I think exactly. Yeah. It fits it, well. It, but it doesn't fit me very well. So well I just, that's but, true because you are just good down to earth. 
Well, t- well, Sean, tell tell folks a little bit about what you do at uh, at Catawba Valley Community College and your role as director of information technology. Well, being in charge of the technology on campus, I pretty much look like it. If it's plugged in, it's probably responsible to me in some way, form, or fashion. Whether it's a computer, whether it's a projector, I don't directly have to take care of the projectors, but I have to make sure that if there's a network connection to it, the network connection works. If um, anything, email, computer, network, all that kind of falls to me. And with that in mind, you know, I have a a crew of about six people that we have to keep everything up and running. And luckily, over the past 10 years that I've been there, we've had, even in bad economic times, the county commissioners have given us technology money to help grow our campus. And I just recently did a report where we've actually, since I've been here, we've added 2,500 new computers. Well, and, and technology is always changing, yep. and and I, I don't know what the average lifespan of a of a computer is these days. You know, in my house, it's a you know good ten years, but I, well, I unfortunately, suspect in the college, it's, it gets a little more. Uh, you would more you would hope that would happen, but unfortunately, because things keep growing, that means things that we've started ten years ago that needed twenty computers, they're still in existence, and we have stuff that's growing that needs computers. So some of those eight, nine, ten-year-old computers are still trucking along. We nurse them and keep them going, and if we have to reallocate some, but that's the the joy and the pain of getting new machines is people become accustomed to having the machines, and then you say, "Oh, I'm sorry, that one's too old. We're going to take it away." Well, what am I going to have? Uh, nothing. So we don't take it away. We just say, congratulations. Congratulations. We're going to update it to keep it going as much as we can, and hopefully we'll get some more money to um, replace it. Because, yes, there should be a cycle, but unfortunately it's, it doesn't happen because it would be extremely expensive to, to keep us on a cycle at this point. More than the county can afford, unfortunately, and that's not a bad. That's not not throwing shade on anybody. It's just the nature of economics right now. So, you know, the reason that we wanted to have have you on and talk about uh, a little bit about computer security, I, I, to me, it hit home a little bit. My wife works with a local nonprofit, and twice in the last couple of months, some the I guess malware or ransomware, I guess what it is, has been somehow shown up in their system, locked up their system, and they've gotten emails from some distant vague third party saying, hey, we can unlock your computer for $2,000, $4,000. And she works for a, a relatively small nonprofit organization. It just sort of hits home that there are a lot of risks and bad stuff going on out there. And if you're starting a business, if you're in business, that that's really has to become a, a priority for you to protect your computers, for you to protect your system, for you to protect your data. And that's sort of what we wanted to talk about today. So, so Sean, my first question for you is black hats versus white hats. You know, which is the way to go there? Well, there is just no real good answer to that. So let me, let me sidestep and, you know. You're not giving you anything committal. You're, you're not going to say whether you're a black hat or a white hat? I will say I'm a defender of the people and leave it Ooh, at that's that. That's impressive. Okay. Well, I, we could, that's, that could go a lot of different ways. Well, I'm a defender of the community college Those people. people. Those people. Okay. Um, All right. He's a superhero. 
that's a big stretch. They don't all wear capes, you know. I know so, they don't. So what are the biggest threats that, from a, whether it be a community college or an existing business, you know, what sort of threats, I want to say, keep you up at night or are you most sensitive about out there these days? Well, unfortunately, excuse me, there are so many threats, new, popping up every day, every week, that um, you only can basically try to prepare and protect yourself against everything. <laughs> and I, I say that jokingly. It was, sounds the, a bit daunting. What is the, the the biggest thing that that is there? There are a number of things that are out there. You know, there's our regular phishing schemes where people try to get your email stuff. That's just kind of the old school stuff. Well, like the people that are from India. That, that yeah, if, you know, I, if you send me the information and help yeah. this prince get out, he can send you back money. This that and the other. Is that the petting? Uh, oh, the pet sitter. Pet sitter. Yeah, that that's that was that was a true phishing scheme yeah. where it's like, oh, if you want a job for eight bucks an hour or something, you know, click here, get, put in your information, and we'll get back with you. Well, that is that is a classic phishing scheme where they try to steal your information and then turn around and use that information to gain access to your network at work. So if somebody on say our on our campus filled out that form. It asks for your username and your password. Well, you give somebody your username and password, basically they own you. Because then they turn around and they go back to your work site, log in as you, <clears throat> change your password so one, you can't get back in, and then start doing stuff as you within the network to try to see what they can get in at work for you. Um, and that's the most common and that's the most, the biggest defense for that is education. For the most part, um, and we may hit on this a little later, but for the most part, if you see an email that's too good to be true, it is. Just nobody's going to give you money. Nobody's going to give you a great job with a ridiculous salary. Nobody's going to give you anything. If you send 10000 you get to Africa or Europe, you'll get a million back. Yeah, yeah. And so what happens is, and a lot of times people don't even click on it to, I mean click in their brain to not click on the link to say do this but typically if anything asks for your username and password and email 99.9% of it is phony because any reputable company will contact you on the phone send you multiple different emails to help you get in or out of your thing or they have like we do at Catawba Valley a separate password reset site but at no time, for security reasons, should your username and password ever be in the same email or same context unless you're, you know, at your computer at work, logged into your system. So this is sort of good advice, regardless of whether you work at a college, whether you work at a business, whether you're starting a business, whether you're on your home computer yes. just uh, with email. And see, and that's, that's the biggest scare from my standpoint is if you're at home on your home computer, checking your email, and you click on one of these links. See, at work, a lot of those times, we can block those links. At home, you can get there. You can fill out that information. And unbeknownst to anybody on campus, you've just allowed access to the work network because you gave away your credentials. And so that that's the biggest fear of most IT people is not so much what people do at work, but what they do on their personal machines or their f personal their phones or tablets their laptops you know if you can get out to the internet you are actually a security possible breach 
And that can be anybody. That can be your kid using your work computer, which happened a couple times a year or two ago where a kid got on, was doing something, and, you know. So, so you're, these are quote unquote fishing expeditions where someone's trying to get into the system. Are, are they, you know, are they doing it to steal my money? Are they doing it to ransom the the school and get money out of the school or a business or or who knows? It's it's, it's a lot of who knows because you know you, you have malware, which is the the phishing stuff where they just try. Malware typically is more one of those. Click a link here, and it tries to download stuff onto your computer. It's where that way they can track what you're doing, gain access to your machine. Um, and then ransomware is like another level of malware. Mm-hmm. Malware is kind of the just annoyance. Ransomware is where they load a piece of malware that actually takes over your machine. And for you ever order you to get back to your machine, you have to pay these um, ransom people in order to get it back. And the thing is, is, you know, they're criminals and you give criminals money. They don't always give you your stuff back, you know, or or I suspect they might say, hey, they gave me money before. I'm going to visit them again in a few months. Exactly. Just and seeing a lot of times is if you don't clean off your machine or you think you've cleaned off your machine, they are so good. They actually have. I don't know the technical term is, but I call it sleeperware where they load something on your machine and it goes and just examines everything three months Four months, six months. Nobody's detected me being here. Okay, now I'm going to come after you. And for our listeners, Sean is doing some serious yes. hand motions. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm I'm really yeah. work because that was really uh, cool stuff. Yeah, I, I cannot talk without my hand, so the well, podcast does limit my effectiveness. You know how much better this podcast would be if we had TV. Uh, uh, no, we would have our, our our viewership would plummet if they saw what was behind the mics instead of. So so you. You know, in terms of preventing these situations, uh, you know, obviously you're you're saying be very wary about what you click on and and education. I mean, is are there uh, you, you know does a firewall help? Or are there you know are, are there certain technical things that you're doing behind the scenes to help prevent some of this stuff as well? Or or, or not just you, but again, we're trying to give advice to to small business owners. What should they be doing? Well, the and I, I'm going to repeat this and to almost ad nauseum. The biggest thing before firewalls, before any hardware stuff, is education. You need to educate your people, your family members, your children, anybody who's out there. I can scream from the top of the mountains. Make sure you understand if you did not expect some an email from one person or not, you may not want to go clicking any of the links in it. Most of the time you can open an email um, and there's no real damage or anything to that, but it's the attachments that are in the email, the links that are in the email. That's where the majority of the schemes start, where you click on a link or you install attachment. So if you don't know who it's coming from or you're getting something with an attachment from somebody you know, double check, you know. Send another email or call the person and say, hey, did you send me something, so-and-so? You know, it's a lot easier to take five minutes to find out for sure than take three days to, to get your computer rebuilt. You know, it's, and that, that is the number one thing, and like I said, is education. Secondary after that is make sure that your 
computer operating system has all the security patches and updates. When that Windows updates comes up, yeah, it's annoying, but you know, there's a reason why there's a security fix because every operating system has security holes in it. And that's why once they find one, they do an update. Same thing with antivirus software. Make sure your antivirus software is up to date. Is that, would you give the same advice for the phones when those pesky notices come on my iPhone saying it's going to update my iPhone and go to a new operating system? Is that legit or is that, is that, that is someone le- phishing? That is, no, that is if it's coming from Apple, it's pretty, pretty legit because they, they just put out a new iOS update for 12.4. Um, I'm typically, this is just me, this is not anybody else it's just me i typically don't do an update till it's an even update because usually the odd update ooh, we found something really bad let's fix it then it breaks something else and then okay now that we fixed the security hole now let's fix what we broke and then we have an even update and then everything works again that's just that's just my two uh, yeah, cents well, I like sometimes we like break news here like uh, <laughs> sean impressive. brown hates odd numbers yeah, he only I likes like even numbers. no i'm a big number three fan but just when it comes to updates i like even number updates with apple but that's just me okay um yeah so if you keep your operating system up to date your antivirus up to date then the next step is hardware and you had asked me offline you know how hard is it to set up a firewall firewalls for the most part if you're at home most everybody realize whether they realize it or not has a firewall you have a router of some type if you have internet at home and within that router there's some firewall configurations you can put you know block uh adult sites from kids or you know you can you can do some of that little stuff at home and that's great but for a business Unless you're very comfortable going into even a small firewall, I would almost recommend outsourcing that because you could turn on or off a certain mail protocol, and all of a sudden you don't get email, or you can't send email, or you block your internet, or you, unbeknownst, you may your internet may work, but you may be going to a certain site that needs a path to a site that you don't see on the web page, like for say payment plans, like. CBCC, we our payment stuff. You don't actually see the website that the payment stuff goes to, because it's a link under a link under a link for security purposes. So you may turn a protocol off, and all of a sudden something doesn't work, and you don't know why. So you know, for for business settings, I'm I'm always more for, you know, there are plenty of good um, small technology companies in the area that could be more than happy to help with setting that up. And that's, you know, it's one of those, let the experts do what they do. Mm-hmm. And that way you keep your stuff up and running the way you need it to. And, and I, I assume that there, there are ways that you can sort of tweak the firewall and that, you know, being someone that works at the community college, you know, it's, very frustrating that I'm not able to get to my online gambling site. Now, why Why is this? Well, um, mainly because we've seen your tax records and you're losing horribly and you really don't need to gamble online. But that may be more information than we need on this podcast. But you know, the people that listen to it actually know this. But go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. Say, that's pretty common knowledge. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, no, what we try to do is we be as protective as possible. Um, some people prefer to call it as restrictive as possible. But, you know, if you know there's dangers out there, if you have children, you're not going to let your kid run out in the street if you know it's a busy street. Even though, but but the fun's over there. Yeah, but you're going to take the crosswalk and go to the lights. You're going to go through the path I need you to go through to get to the fun stuff. 
but we're not going to just let you run rampant and get yourself hurt. So it, it's it's a matter of protection more than restriction. And pretty much we've had since we've had to, you know, you've realized we've had to tighten it down a little bit in the last few weeks. Um, we've had only about four or five things that were actually um, we've had to have requests, you know, open up this site or open up that site. Um, and they're legitimate curriculum-based sites. It's just because either where the server is based or some of the content, because if you deal with um, a lot of medical t- content has pictures of bodies, and some of those bodies have don't me. have clothes on. And so the filter yeah. says, oh, wait, that's pornography. No, it's medical because... You know, once on this podcast, we said penis. Is that what you're referring to? Uh, it could be. Okay. Was I in that podcast? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. As long as it was not a visual arts podcast that you were having one of those here, I'm okay with that. But Well, you know, now that Gary's in charge of the fine arts department, you never know what we'll be talking about. Well, there... I'm still an accountant. Okay. <laughs> well, but... and what. I mean, we joke, but if you, if you, I mean, you remember a few years back, the whole Maplethorpe thing, that we we had to open up some of those pictures yeah. that, that many, was a, people, that was many a, people find very offensive, yeah. but in an artistic venue, that's completely acceptable. No, and, 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 and I have sometimes clients who say, I want to open up a... A brewery or, or, or some, something like that, which are legitimate businesses. And sometimes it's challenging. If I were to say, oh, let me go research them and go to various yep. breweries, I, I think that might be challenging unless I came to you and said, hey, I need to do this. Well, and if you, if you, if you hit a site that doesn't open, we just open it up for you. And that's just it. It's one of those. It's a give and take where you go somewhere you can't get to. We can look at it in a safe zone and say, oh, yeah, it's fine to go there. Um, we have... You know, some people who work with lingerie companies. Well, you type in lingerie and go to some sites, you get just nice lingerie. You type in lingerie and go to some other sites, you get more than lingerie. And that's where we have to find that balance where, okay. Which which would those sites be? Um, they're, they're in your bookmarks. Remember, I put them there last week. You asked okay, for them. Okay, thank you. Okay. You guys uh, are really good together. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, we haven't started on you yet, Gary. I know, that's Be careful. I'm, I'm just laying so, low here. Hey, this is Andrew Moose from the Street Circle Drive podcast here on The Mesh. Interested in promoting your business to an online audience? Your ad could be right here. Consider advertising on The Mesh Podcast Network. Head over to themesh.tv for details. So talk to us a little bit about passwords. You need them. You know, and, and, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm assuming we're sort of beyond uh, password one, two, three. I mean, what uh, you know, are, uh, suggestions, requirements, restrictions? You know, how, how, how should businesses, people be looking at uh, passwords these days? Well, typically, uh, a good rule of thumb is called having what's called a complex password. And uh, not to bore people, but there are certain criteria that go along with complex password. Usually most companies um, say you have to have three of the following. And I'm just going to read them off because this is what we have to do. You have to have an uppercase letter, a lowercase letter, a number, and a wild character like a plus but the, you, the you, weird symbol. The weird symbol. Usually three of those four will qualify as a complex password. Um, some other rules you can put in there, you can make it six, eight, or more characters long. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also make it really tight to say you can't use the same password 
more than, like, say, if you have A, B, C, D, one, two, three, four. Well, you can't use it until you go all the way through, like, A, B, C, D, one, two, three, four, five, then six, then seven, then eight, then nine, then you can go back. You, know, you have to use it, go five times from the last time you use it. Some companies say you get it, use it one time. That's it. You can't ever go back to it. And I think some also don't allow you to have like a, a real word in them. Is some that is that is super secure? Um, I would think, you know, banking and some very super sensitive stuff would definitely need to do that. Some even go so far as you can't have uh, matching characters, so you can't have an EE or a DD or a, the two characters next to each other can't be the same. Um, I mean, at work at CBCC, you know, we just have the this the simple complex you have you have four categories you got to get three of the four but um depending upon what you're trying to secure you know the higher risk the higher security you need on the password um personally i like a 30-day password change i mean i change mine every 30 days um for a lot of people that's 30 days oh my gosh and they freak out um i think uh on campus ours is 60 days because our student information system, the, the colleague, or Lucian, or what is it called now? All right. Anyways, um, I, never, I don't use it because I don't get into that part of it, but it's 60 days. So every two months you have to change your password. Most businesses I know of usually use 90-day standard, um, where every three months you have to change it. Um, and and you know and any you have any suggestions or practices for for if people are on social media maybe they're not as worried about their social media sites although I know that people can get hacked on social media as well I mean is that same sort of concept of regularly changing your password or or is it who cares uh, no social media because you I've seen many a time where um, a social media site has been hacked by a person and it may not be a financial damage to you, but it can be reputational and don't worry about your brand. Well, if you, especially your branding or even your close friends and family, we've, uh, you know, if you get hacked and somebody all of a sudden starts posting or sending out messages as you mm-hmm. to other people, um, that, that are threatening thing. or demeaning or slanderous, um, it can come back very badly on you. So, yeah, change your passwords regularly. I mean, you change your oil in your car. You change the light bulbs when you break. You change your toothbrush every six months. You know, it's just one of those you things do. you're supposed to, you would hope. Um, well, if you ever I'm learning to, a lot today. If you ever go to a dentist, you'll find these things out I guess here. that would be a key thing. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's just certain things in life you need to change occasionally, and your password is one of the most important, or in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Are there uh, and, and any other suggestions or, or best practices that we should be sharing with our, our listeners out there to help to help keep them safe? Well, the biggest thing to remember is if you are on the internet, you're vulnerable. Um, if you're connected to anybody else's internet, especially like you're at a hotel, you're using your health hotel stuff. If their hotel network is not secured and you don't see that little padlock in the upper corner, um, somebody can sniff that traffic. And by sniffing, it means somebody can put something on the network, read all the ones and zeros that's going through the air and see what your passwords are and stuff like that. So it's always a good idea to make sure that no matter where you are or what you're doing, you know what Internet you're on. And so it's, it's, if your phone has a hotspot, 
I would recommend doing that if it's not going to kill your data over using open access Wi-Fi just for security purposes. If you know it's your data off your phone, nobody can really sniff your phone. But if it's just going over the air, um, and that's, that's one of the things we have to do at CBCC since we're moving toward a BYOD platform or bring your own device where students can come in with their Chromebook or their laptop or their tablet. When they connect to us, it's a secure connection. When you go to Starbucks, and I'm not throwing shade at Starbucks or any other place that has open free Wi-Fi, it's exactly that. It's open free Wi-Fi. So a lot of times people can be, do attack from sitting over here on one side of Starbucks trying to steal the traffic from you on the other side of Starbucks. What about those TV commercials where now people are charging their phones just by putting on top of each other? they got to be sucking all the data out too, right? To be honest, I don't know the answer to that. But the, the, technology, question, well, but the technology for charging the phone is more, is more electromagnetic, so there's really no data transfer. But I, that's... Yeah, that was be, one of the first things, and even though I'm certainly that's the low-tech person in the room. We're not really science people here. Well, that's, it just I thought the same thing as what is the danger of doing that. Um, Somebody will come up with the danger for that. Well, like I said, it's it's an uh, it's it's an electromagnetic thing, mm-hmm. so there's really no, no way. That that's why we can set it, it on whatever else. It's just the same way these charge by setting it on a base. Mm-hmm. Well, this just becomes the base for the other phone, so it sends a little. Okay. All right. Well, but I, I mean, be careful out there. It's always about being careful out there. Uh-huh. You can never, you can never, ever, ever be too safe when you're surfing. Well, Sean Fountain, you. We appreciate you joining us to share your thoughts on this, and you have to live it. And, and uh, you know, we, we hope that we've not taken you away from your day job so much that we return to campus and find that everything is shut down. You know, so I, I fortunately have not seen any crazy alerts coming through our phones during the podcast. because no, I have great people that work with me. They, they make sure everything go. keeps up and well, running. We're glad you're on our team. Well, and I would, just, I would just add this out there. If there's ever any question about safety and security i mean believe it or not the government has do does have some good experts on this and as part of homeland security they created the uh it's called the cisa the cyber security and infrastructure agency isn't jack bauer in charge of that i don't believe okay. so i could okay. be wrong i have not right. d- not dug into it deep no. enough um but i mean it's real simple it's us dash cert c-e-r-t dot org so if anybody who was listening and didn't get it the first time, I'll repeat it. It's us-cert.org, and they can go and they list all the things that you need to know about, all the things you can do to protect yourself, and, and sources and resources for you to use that are government supplies. Well, we appreciate you being here. Are you, are you up for a, a quick lightning round with us? I'll do what I can to keep it all interesting. Because right, our lightning round is sponsored by Ned Ryerson Insurance. Uh, whole life, home auto, windstorm, you can really never have enough insurance. So am I right or am I right? Ned Ryerson Insurance, you should Google it. Anyway, Sean, a few questions. These are quick questions. Don't, don't think too much. Oh, I've never been accused of that. Okay. What is your favorite vacation spot? Disney World. Okay. Uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes, it is. Steve Jobs or Bill Gates? Hmm. I use quotes from both of them. I will straddle the fence because both have their goods and bads. Oh, all right. Uh, I live in both worlds, remember? I'm amphibious. I can use both Apple and Mac. Godfather, Star Wars, or Harry Potter movies? Star Wars. Do you prefer cake or pie? 
pie. Last question. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? To read minds. Okay. Very good. I, we, Good yeah, job. We, that's, yeah, we, he's on the computer. He's probably reading all our emails. That's close he, to he reading. He knew lines. everything that yeah, was so. going to be. Hey, I didn't know today. the speed round, but I had better answers. No, no, you did good. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate you being on. Yes. Outstanding. And we always like to wind up our podcast with uh, highlighting some businesses that we've come across. So, uh, Gary, what, uh, what business are you going to talk up today? Well, I'm going to talk about Harry's Blades. Harry's Blades. Is was, that like a, the new roller skating place? No, no. It's about shaving. Ah. You and I talked about it in an earlier meeting today. And actually, my wife brought it up because I'm well is known. It, is it small business? It's not small business. It was at one point. And okay, that's because, why because that's, it's because very big business It's a great now. entrepreneurial story. Well, well, no, 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 no. That's what I want to say is yes. because I bought into Harry's five years ago when they first started out. And it has grown like gangbusters. Their customer service is awesome. Their blades are better than anything I could buy for 30 bucks a blade, seems to be. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't brought on to be a Harry's testimonial. God bless. But, um, he, just, he just did my testimonial. <laughs> but no, because I use it. Yeah, because it's... Use um, them. Because used to be it was a strictly an online thing. Now I think they're in Target now. You have I, some I in Target, some at Walmart last night. Oh, which is the reason they, they made it to my the wife big Tammy times. Said you should use that because you went from cutting yourself all over the place to I don't do that as much anymore. So it's a, and it is exact. It's a success story. And you know you sit there. It's a perfect example. Blades have been around for a long time. You know what people may think. Well, you can't improve them. You can't do it. You know they did. And they then, of course, expanded the product line. To, right, because they, they now have lawnmowers from them now. Yeah, just kidding, people. No, they, you, because they have the shave gel and the shower. They have they have the whole, you know, their um, brand. They're, exactly, they're, they're a brand. But it, it started out as basically where you could get bucks for uh, blades for two bucks a blade. You had to buy their handle because it only fits on their mm-hmm. thing, which is which is really good marketing. You know, make it Absolutely. make it proprietary that you can only fit this on this, and you stick with it. But no, they have really good product. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting company and sort of story because I, I, I think, and I've not researched this, there, there, there was also a company, and probably still is, called Dollar Shave Club, yep. which did some very funny and creative advertising that sort of illuminated a problem out there, which was it was a pain in the butt for men to go into stores and buy uh, razor blades because they were behind locked partitions, I guess, because some people might put them in their pocket and they might walk away. And they came up with a new model that uh, that I think Harry's has probably taken to a different level. So, so but you're right. Deal. It started, I guess, primarily you had to buy from them. But like I said, I was in Walmart, and it's a, a must stop every so often to, to pick up my blades now. And now I've jinxed myself, so I'll cut myself very badly here probably tomorrow. Well, and it, it really serves to the purpose to um, a, a, a stereotype of lazy males don't like to shop. Because since I did it online, every other month I get a pack. I don't have to go to the store. I don't have to do anything. They just show up. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys are a little known fact. Yeah. Harry's was started by Jeff and Andy. Not not me. Different different <laughs> Jeff, I assume. <laughs> said Jeff Newell. Uh, I don't think and I'd Andy be here. Lotted out it up. He may not be. He may not be part of this podcast if he started that because he'd be right. somewhere on a yeah, beach right. with a with well, a cold he'd be beverage. Here all right, talking about right. his success. All right, moving along. I, the small business of the month that I am going to highlight is a business I came across. I think it was in Fast Company magazine called Rent the Backyard which was founded on the idea that owning a home in California has gotten too expensive. So they started a company to help people better use their property. 
They are making life more affordable in California. Uh, it was started by two young men who attended Car- Carnegie Mellon University, Brian Bakerman and Spencer Burley. And basically, they build 400 to 800 foot square apartments and they put them in your backyard. And this is just being done in California in the San Francisco area. And they split the rent with you. Homeowners can make up to $17,000 a year in extra income, and the company, Rent the Backyard, covers all the costs of construction. They will also find and manage tenants, take care of the maintenance, and there's no real continual effort on your part. Uh, They're working with a fellow startup company called Node that makes modular, sustainable housing and factories so that the pieces can be quickly assembled in your backyard. and let's see, what else can I tell you about them? They split the rent with the owners for 30 years, at what, and at that point, the owner of the, the property owner gets to keep the apartment. After 30 years, which is a long time, but anyway, you can check them out at rentthebackyard.com. So they're building yeah. tiny houses, putting them in your yard, renting them out, you're getting money. We know my wife likes HGTV, and so we get to see people flipping houses all the time, and House Hunter or Flip or Flop. They're out in California, and I sit there, and I'm amazed at what it cost for a thousand uh, or a thousand square foot house. Mm-hmm. I'm just amazed how people no, survive out there. Well, so they're, they're, I get that that maybe they saw a problem affordable housing and, and providing supplemental income to the rich people that own the housing. So anyway, yeah. there you go. So anyway. We want to thank Sean Fountain for joining us today. Thank you very much for for spending some time with us and and sharing your insights. You can check out all the podcasts from the Mesh Network at themesh.tv. And you can subscribe to the Entrepreneur Exchange and other Mesh podcasts by visiting iTunes and the usual suspect podcast sites. We thank you for listening, and we look forward to catching you again next month. Have a good one. Take care. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.